Welcome back to the 10 Blocks Podcast. This is Brian Anderson, the editor of City Journal. Coming up on today's show, our associate editor, Seth Barron, talks with one of our newest writers, Erica Sandberg, who's based in San Francisco. Last year, the FBI confirmed what visitors and residents of the Bay Area have come to know all too well. Disorder is metastasizing in that city. San Francisco is infamous for its filth, its homeless encampments. Drug use in broad daylight is is now disturbingly common. Stores are closing in some of the city's historic neighborhoods. And San Francisco is now the nation's leader in property crime. City Journal has done a lot of reporting recently on the growing levels of disorder in some of our nation's biggest cities. Erica's work in San Francisco mirrors what Chris Rufo has reported on in Seattle and Andy No and Michael Totten in Portland. Here in New York, though it's not quite as bad as it is in these West Coast cities, there is a concerted effort to reduce the kind of public order enforcement that has made the city so successful. But back to Erica. Her latest piece in City Journal, San Francisco's Quality of Life Toll, blew up on social media last week, so we asked her to call in to the studio and give us a report on the podcast. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it. Lastly, we announced this on last week's episode, but if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email us at podcast at city-journal.org. That's podcast at city-journal.org. That's it for me. The conversation between Seth Barron and Erica Sandberg begins after this. Welcome back to 10 Blocks, the podcast of City Journal. This is your host for today, Seth Barron, associate editor at City Journal. Erica Sandberg is a writer and noted expert on consumer finance and a long-term resident of San Francisco. She's been writing for City Journal recently about problems with homelessness and crime in San Francisco. Her most recent piece, San Francisco's Quality of Life Toll, addresses the rise in public disorder in one of the jewels among America's cities. Thanks for joining us, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. Now, are you a native of San Francisco? Did I mischaracterize uh, your, <laughs> your presence there or just a long-term resident? Practically native. I've been here for over 30 years, about 31 years now. Okay. Well, San Francisco's always had a gritty, bohemian edge. But what's happening now in the city sounds qualitatively different. Is it? It absolutely is. Um, we've experienced a major downturn um, in the quality of life, crime and f- filth, and um, a, just many, many different problems within the past, I'd say, five to ten years. Ten years is, is kind of stretching it, but five years, we've really seen an explosion in um, some pretty bad, um, bad things that are happening here. Well, like what? Well... A lot of people call it homelessness, um, which is this sort of umbrella term that I don't like to use. Um, although we see the effects of it, we're seeing people out on the sidewalks, in the streets, in the parks. Um, but and, and so it's really much, it's very much in your face. You know, you can't escape it. Um, but what but what really is a problem is the underlying issue that's causing people to be there. Um, and there's two major issues that um, that we're really seeing. One is uh, the increased drug use, 
um, is, is just really off the charts. It's just off the charts. Um, but the other is mental illness um, that you also see. And the, the two go very much hand in hand. And uh, it, it's right now, it is impossible for anybody to, to not see. And so you can't, get, you can't really get around it now. Um, so are there people camping out on the streets? Is that the problem? Are there encampments? Are there... <laughs> yeah, it was, it's interesting. Um, there has been a change in straight-up encampments. So encampments, when you see these kind of massive tent cities that we were seeing a lot of. We, we, ha- we saw them under the freeway, and we saw them in certain areas of the city. And they've been kind of busted up to a certain extent, which sounds kind of uh, violent, but that's not really what it is. They've been sort of... Um, the police have come and they said, yeah, you can't have an encampment. So the people just sort of disperse. Um, and so instead of having uh, these uh, homeless communities in just little areas in the pockets, you're seeing them all over the city and in areas that we never, we never saw people uh, uh, before in that way. So uh, I think it's really alarming to a lot of visitors and certainly a lot of people who live here thinking, oh, now what have we done? What, what is going on and how can we change things? One thing that's gotten some, uh, some press and so it's become kind of infamous are these, uh, I don't know, poop maps or something. Uh, people saying that there's a lot of human uh, waste uh, scattered all over the ground. Is this, is this true? Yeah, it is true. And I you know I got to hand it to the people who are who are on top of it because they're doing a really filthy job. Um they're literally going out there with their cameras and taking pictures of what they see and what they what they experience. Most of that is happening in certain neighborhoods. Um but you, it's all over. If you go if you go check out the poop maps, it's kind of wild um because it's everywhere, and we don't have public restrooms. And um, hey, we're humans. We're we're we're, nat- we're 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 living, breathing things, and we do have to go. And with this, with the sheer number of people who are living on the streets, it, it, it's not surprising. So, what are the estimates of how many people are um, living on the streets? Totally depends on who you ask. So, right now, the estimate is around eighty-two hundred. Um, people who are living on the street. So we're not talking about people who are living in single-room occupancy hotels or kind of doing that couch surfing thing or in their cars or RVs. We're talking straight-up homeless people. So that's a lot of people for a relatively small city. We only have, I think, just shy of 900,000 people who live here in a small space. So it's very concentrated. Yeah, that's about double the number of people living on the streets in New York City, which has 10 times the number of people. So I, I could see that that's uh, a significant issue. Uh, what's going yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and it, as I say, it does depend on who you ask for those figures. So those are the latest figures from, um, I believe, the Department of Housing and Social Services or whatever the name of that department is. It seems to change all the time. Um, the Coalition on Homelessness, which is a... Um, advocacy group, um, they will estimate it at much, much higher. And there are some pretty good reasons they're coming up with those high numbers. So as I say, it really depends on who's delivering that information. Oh, so 8,200 is actually a conservative figure. It could correct. Be, could be correct. I have heard the, the leaders of this organization say, oh, no, it's more like 2,300, excuse me, 23,000. Um, so you know, you're looking at these bloated numbers. And 
let's face it, the higher, the, the more people that you say are out and about uh, as, as vagrants, whatever you want to call them, the more money they're going to be asking for. Oh, I see. Um, so uh, is crime an, an issue in San Francisco? Because I understand California has changed the way it deals with um, theft and misdemeanors and in terms of arrests and prosecutions. So what's happened with low-level crime in San Francisco? Is, is it a growing issue? It's, it's become absolutely out of control. You're right, Seth. It was Proposition 47, um, which was passed a number of years ago for California. And what it did is that it switched out crimes that were once considered felonies and they're now considered misdemeanors. And so when you have that vast reduction in what they are considered, you can't... Let, let's, here, let, let me give you an example. So a property theft um, of an item that's worth, worth less than $950 is no longer a felony. It used to be. It used to be around, I believe it was uh, $340-something, right? So anything above that was considered a felony. So now the ceiling, the threshold has reached almost $1,000, which now puts property um, at risk uh, that you would would think would be a major crime. So for example, you're out in a a cafe and someone takes your laptop. It's a misdemeanor. Does that or does not give you, as a a thief, the uh, uh, impetus to go out and grab somebody's laptop. Of course it does. The slap on the wrist is going to be very, very light, if at all. So we have seen an explosion in this, these types of property crimes, which extends to uh, car break-ins, um, people grabbing cell phones on BART trains, um, any kind of theft that you might see that seems like it's not going to be this huge um, you know, smash and grab in a, in a major uh, jewelry store kind of thing. It's a low-level crime. It's nothing. Uh, so how have small businesses responded to this? Oh, it's terrible for small businesses. They have absolutely been inundated with these thieves who will come in, grab stuff, and then walk out the door. And some are so bold. I'm constantly going to my Safeway and say, how's it going today? Who came in here and uh, took what? It's like, you know, yeah, it was at 8 o'clock in the morning. Somebody came in and they cleared out the meat department. You know, I mean, it's it's not hard to to find um, people who haven't been impacted, whether it's the small business owner, these mom-and-pop shops that are just trying desperately to survive, to major operations like the Safeways and um, Macy's, uh, where theft has has skyrocketed. That's frightening. Uh, So how has the city responded to this? I assume the elected officials are fighting back and trying to, uh, you know, curtail this, right? Well, you would think. Um, again, it depends on who, which department you're looking at. Of course, the uh, SFPD has been trying desperately to keep up with it because people are making the calls. They have to respond. So they are, they are the ones, on, they're on the front lines. They're like, okay, well, somebody just called because, you know, the car was broken into or somebody stole their cell phone right out of their hands as they were waiting for their Uber. Um, they've, they've got to respond, but their hands are tied. So there's only so much they can do. Um, Regarding supervisors and the mayor, they have absolutely fallen short on clamping down on this. And it's appalling. And so much of it is driven by two two key factors. One is small is organized crime, which can be small, these little tiny groups of organized criminals. 
And the other one is drug crimes. And that also was uh, majorly impacted by the passage of Proposition 47 because it essentially said, hey, drug use, if, if, you, if you're carrying drugs that are for your personal use up to a certain amount, and it kind of depends on each type of drug, um, it's, not a, it's not a felony anymore. It's a misdemeanor. So it's, it's increased the, the drug dealing in neighborhoods uh, because so many people can access their drugs. It's easier. And so you're, you're seeing these kind of overlapping crimes. Uh, people who need money for their drug use are going to certainly be the ones who are, they're not very often on the street. They're, they're not employed. So how are they going to get the money? You know, it's, it, you can do the math. So yeah, the, the um, city officials are not taking that type of crime seriously at all. So is there a growing um, resistance to this? I mean, how do, how do people feel about it? I mean, is there, are they going to, there's an election this November, are they going to turn out the mayor or is it going to be <laughs> more of the same? What I absolutely love, and this is what's so exciting right now, is that we are seeing this groundswell of people in San Francisco who are done. They are absolutely 100% done with the status quo. So liberal, conservative, it crosses boundaries. Politics has nothing to do with it. Quality of life has everything to do with it. So yes, we are seeing more people from all oh, from from all walks of life say this administration and the way it's being run is is done it's over and it's it's really really exciting so yes we're definitely seeing a lot of people who are who are more than willing to overturn what we, we what we have right now the problem is we don't have that many people who are willing to step up and do the job so you know how so you can not elect Mayor Breed, but who's in her place. So uh, it's, right now there are no strong contenders because we, we don't really have anybody who can step up and say, okay, I'm going to do things differently. Um, that's a shame. You know, you wrote a piece for us uh, on what you called harm production. What did, you, what did you mean by that? Well, it's kind of play on harm reduction, which is this theory that um, instead of and instead of helping people off drugs and really putting your attention into things like rehabilitation centers and cracking down on on uh, drug crimes, we're just going to help people stay on drugs. And that's really what it is. Stay on the substance of their choice, but make it safe. Make it so that the uh, the needles are are there, they're clean, that people can have immediate access to them. Um, but it's not just needles, it's also meth pipes. It's also straws that you can use for snorting, which is really hilarious, of course, because straws are outlawed here in San Francisco, uh, if you're going to use them for, for a beverage. Um, uh, but the whole premise of it is that let's make it clean, safe, accessible, so that people can maybe, um, if they really want to, pursue a life that's free of drugs. But so far we haven't seen that manifest. So, so yeah, it is, it's, it's really bizarre. And uh, safe injection sites are part of this. Uh, we don't have them yet. There's a huge push for them. Um, and I'm completely opposed to it. Yeah, those are coming here too in New York. Uh, are they? Well, yeah. Oh, well, that's the plan anyway. That's the plan. Mm. Um, 
It's not clear when or where precisely, but there are advocates for it. Um, Erica, this was uh, sobering, a sobering discussion. Um, we'd like to hear your comments about today's episode on Twitter at City Journal, hashtag 10 blocks. If you like our show and want to hear more of it, please leave ratings and reviews on iTunes. This is your host, Seth Barron. Erica Sandberg, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us for the weekly 10 Blocks podcast featuring urban policy and cultural commentary with City Journal editors, contributors, and special guests.